0: Dogs are strange. He just starts barking, looking around. Like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what's the dog doing?
1: <laughs> no, that, dog, <laughs> dog, that dog probably just saved your life, and you don't yeah. have a clue. Oh, All right. real quick, real quick. I, I'm sorry. I got to say this. There was this one um, Reddit post I saw where a dude talked about how when he was asleep, he, um, like, in his dream, went to his sister's house, and he looked down. He was in the living room. He looked down and saw the dog snarling at him. Then there was this big flash of light and he woke up. And it felt like, you know when you wake up and it felt like you were falling? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what happened to him. And then he called his sister in the morning, didn't say anything about it. But then his sister was like, we thought we had a break in last night. He's like, what? And she was like, yeah, like around 1 AM, our dog was in the living room snarling. And we, and my husband got up to check on what it was and then turned the light on and the dog just stopped. And <laughs> He went, what the f-?
2: Wow. And astral okay. I, to the dog. That's what I
1: was about to say. Like <laughs> freaking astral projection. Like what? What's so going you on? There? Someone might have astral projected into your house, and that dog just your dog saved you. Well, I think the dog deserves a steak. So
0: there you go. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Dude <laughs> was Doctor Strange projecting. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of mysteries in this world, guys. So I'm, I'm open. To, I'm open to learning. Reddit's it's full. Of now, are we ready? Yes. yes sir. Yes. We will get
2: started in Trace Dos Uno uh, Bienvenido and I'm just I'm not gonna do the whole thing in Spanish. Welcome back to <laughs> Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters and we encourage our legislators to not only listen but to also act on what they hear. I'm your almost always host, Joshua Hyde. And with me today, I got the boys. We got the greatest writer of all time, Anthony Arnold, in the building this morning. We also have the greatest homie of all time, Nick Hombeg. Oh,
1: we're going crazy with the last name today. Hombeg.
2: How are you fine gentlemen doing
1: this
0: morning. Great. Wonderful weather. Wonderful day.
1: Uh, wonderful ready. weather, my ass exactly. is cold as hell over here. What are
0: you talking about? <laughs> but it's better than it was. That makes That's it That's fair. <laughs> no, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for this topic. Uh, this is an interesting topic.
1: Yeah. Um, I think so too. Agree. I have a quick question. You said you weren't going to do the whole thing in Spanish. Do you speak fluent Spanish? I never asked that. I never, I don't, I was going to say, I don't know that about you, baby. You know Spanish. No, I I know enough to attempt to get by. I feel
2: like I would be able to have a very basic conversation. And other than that, no, I'm also like that same amount of fluent in Japanese. Oh, okay. All right. That's about it. That's about it. I, I know some words. I know some bent, some some basic sentence
1: structure, and that's about it. I got about a about a three year old's level of uh, Japanese yes. and Spanish. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
2: if you can reason with a three year old, you can talk to me in that language.
1: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
2: so uh, we can go ahead and get started. I like to let you guys know, uh, specifically speaking of you guys, the listeners here because <laughs> the guys on the, the guys on the team know what we're going to talk about but uh, I like to let you guys know when I have like a plan or like a theme and one thing that's really important right now is how we view our vote because again voting is important you know we we tout that and I will until the day I literally die uh voting is one of the most important things you can do and so it's important that you understand how your vote is being used, and how some people are trying to use your vote. So I want to take some time to discuss why we think the way we do about our vote and about, in some ways, politics as a whole. And hopefully we can make more informed decisions about how we want to use those votes. So today we're going to have a quick chat about... How religion affects our politics, which is weird because, you know, a lot of people say separation church and state. We'll get into that debate a bit more later. But yeah, it it does play a part. And I want to talk about why and how. So since the dawn of human civilization, we have looked to the heavens for guidance and understanding. Religion is a core part of our lives and many people, especially Americans. What we may not realize, however, is how these beliefs are influencing political views. I want to talk about that.
0: But first, let's talk about the poll. Yeah. So the poll, as always, these polls come out every Friday on our social media platforms. So the poll today, the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the exercise thereof. So that's where the separation of church and state idea comes from. The government cannot discriminate against religion, but it also cannot force religion on its citizens. But despite or perhaps because of this separation, the United States is also the most religious of all, quote unquote, wealthy countries. As recently as five years ago, the U.S. was the only country in the world to be higher than average in both religiosity and GDP, making it unsurprising that unlike our peers, Religion regularly intersects with our politics. So here's the question. Do you think this intersection is good, or do you think that the separation of church and state should have a firmer divide? Which one of you wants to answer the questions first? I'll take it. All right. So
2: I don't personally believe that the intersection of religion and politics is bad as a whole. I believe that it is being abused and misused,
1: and that is my concern. All right, all right. Nick? Um, can you re-ask the questions?
0: Yeah. Do you think the intersection of religion and politics is good, or do you think that the separation of church and state should have a firmer divide? Um,
1: I think hmm, what do I think about that? I haven't given it much thought, so though, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hit firmer divide mainly because I don't think I do agree with um with Josh that there is there they like it is being abused and yeah. at a knee-jerk reaction the divide being firmer would ideally prevent that. Yeah. Um I think also part of the reason that intersection exists at all is because of how individualistic our society is versus like those more community-based societies. One of the main things that religion does, I feel like aside from um, connecting you with a higher power is that it, and and gives you answers um, to life's questions is that it gives you a community. Like how many people do you think go to church? Not just because, you know, to pray, but also, Hey, we get to have this whole group of people who yeah. I can call, I can, I'm close with, yeah. and we don't have a lot of those spaces in America. And so when you get people who really attach to religion like that for the community, for the religion, and then like they see the separation, yeah, I don't know if they like it. I don't know if they, I don't know if they appreciate that, but yeah. basically I think it should be firmer, I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, my answer is.
0: is largely, I largely I tend to fall a little closer to I think it's good just because. For so many people, it's a big part of their identity, whether or not we share that identity or not, or to people listening, whether you share that identity or not, it's a big part of their identity. And I think they they should have the right to have their full identity. Be a part of the public discourse right that it would it would be really hard to tell them you have to check this part of yourself at the door and like how would they because like we wouldn't want that to be said about our various identities either right and so um i think a public sphere that allows people to be sort of their whole selves is good um And how we make that work for the for everybody is sort of the question. But I do think it's good that people can try to be their whole, honest, true selves when we're having conversations about public policy or the public sphere. So that is my answer. And as I said, for people listening, polls drop every Friday um, on our social media pages. Tell us what you think. You can find us on our page posting. We like to interact with you guys. So so get in there tell us what you think about the questions you hear in this section. All right, uh, Josh, back to you. I don't even know why you give it
2: back to me because I always just pass the ball right back. So I feel like well, I should, you,
1: hold on, wait okay. real quick. Hold on, wait. Can you? Can I have the ball real quick? Put yes, me in, Coach. Put yeah. me in. I to lob it over to you. Uh, oh, got it. All right. So in lieu of uh, Alex being here, I'm gonna run a quick trend by y'all. Except it's not really a trend. It's a last second Google search. But what I found. <laughs> Was a I don't know how recent it is. I'd have to let me see. Maybe this will tell me how recent it is. 2021. Okay. Um there was a Supreme Court case called Carson v versus Macon. Make make Macon, yeah. And the court held for the first time that the state must fund religious activity as part of an educational aid program. Um Huh. Yeah. So in yeah. I'll just I'm just gonna read the beginning of this article. It's by ACLU.org. Um in two cases this term, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court made it abundantly clear that there's little room for the separation of church and state in its regressive okay, <laughs> regressive constitutional framework. For nearly 75 years, the court has recognized that both the First Amendment's religious clauses are vital to protecting religious freedom. The establishment clause protects against governmental endorsement and imposition of religion. And the free exercise clause ensures that the right to practice your faith without harming others. No more. The court has increasingly treated the establishment clause as a historical footnote, threatening both the independence of religion and the religious neutrality of the state. And that kind of, I think ties into what you were saying Josh earlier about how there's a, there's abuse being thrown, being used uh, with that intersection of politics and religion. Um, So what this, what, this um, what is it called? Uh, court case determined basically is that um, it was it was based in Maine. Uh, Maine has long pro- prohibited the use of public funds to finance religious instructions and in indoctrination. Many other states have adopted similar provisions in some instances dating back to centuries. And with good reason, avoiding blah, blah, blah. James Madison, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> basically, now oh, here we go, big bold letters. The Supreme Court's ruling in Carson v. Kennedy, that's not the same one. Anyway, you get the idea. Basically, there was a court case. That's a different court case. <laughs> you get the idea. There was a court case that basically for the first time says that a state must fund religious activity as part of education. So now we're not only having the separation of church and state being violated, but it's being violated in a school, in an educational space. Yes, yeah, like cra- at the Supreme Court level, too. At the Supreme this Court
2: was
0: level. A, so I know about this case. This was a school oh, okay. voucher case. This was yeah, a school you- voucher case. So what happened is that Maine has these huge rural... rural That's not going to come across well in audio. <laughs> rural. Well. I apologize in advance for the editing. Um, they had these rural areas there we go that's better they are so they're so sparse they don't provide a public school option because it would be so inefficient for the state to set them up so they give people who live in those areas vouchers to use however they want but the vouchers wouldn't cover religious private schools be they covered everything else but if you wanted to send your child to a religious private school you couldn't use the voucher to pay for it And, and remember there was no public school option so You had to send your kid to a private school, but if it was a religious one, like the high school I went to, Bishop Shatard here, like they wouldn't pay for that. So the Supreme Court decision overturned it, saying that the vouchers uh, did in fact have to cover even religious based private schools.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the decision obviously was partisan. It came along partisan lines, but it does stem from this really weird situation where there actually is no public school option at all for some people living in Maine, okay. which is legitimately weird.
1: Yeah, that is that is bizarre. Um, ACLU really makes this appear as though this is like, a oh, they're breaking those walls down. We're, yep. we're going to, church and state is going to overrun. And I think hearing at least your version of the events is that it sounds a lot more like... Um, people need to go to school in Maine. Yeah. I think it's interesting as well. And it it definitely
2: and one of the things that I wanted to talk about is is the perception of how these things work. So that's a a very interesting thing to have brought up because even from the perspective of people that don't live in Maine, that's absolutely what this looks like. But anybody with the insider knowledge understands that this is something that might be coming from a different place there there could be other factors that matter here so that yeah absolutely that that was a very interesting thing to learn about and a, a fun discussion that we had around that but what i want to go ahead and and, and kind of grab the conversation and kind of move it toward is the ways in which our religion and the ways in which we view those religious practices uh, affect our voting, and so I want to start by throwing out something that <laughs> I have I, I've I've felt for a long time but haven't had a name for. So for the purposes of this episode, I went ahead I went ahead and named it. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, I call it the Jesus Take the Wheel Theorem.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: so one thing that we have learned, one thing that we've seen. Uh, is that, and uh, this is coming from a, a predominantly Christian lens. I have, I have uh, experimented and dabbled with several different religions in my time frame, but I was uh, primarily raised Christian, and so that's the one I have the most uh, information about. So, one common uh, phrase that you'll hear Christians <laughs> say is uh, "Jesus take the wheel." Uh, for, I, I'm assuming that means, uh, you, a lot of you will know what that means, but for, for, for the people who don't, the idea is that um, Jesus or, or God in, in uh, lieu of Jesus is effectively being given control of the life, like you are relinquishing the control of your vehicle being your life and giving that control to Jesus and or God. That's what they mean when they say, Jesus, take the wheel. As such, there are lots of situations where people will kind of just divert their, you know, understanding or thought process to a religious leader or to the general ideology of the church or to someone who is posing as a religious leader or things along those lines. And I feel as though This similar process, because it's something that they use as part of their religion, is also being used in the realm of politics, especially if people believe that someone has their religious best interest in mind. I think we saw this a lot where people were uh, kind of touting Trump as the next coming of Jesus, because he said the right things to, to put them into the Jesus take the wheel mind frame. And uh, I I that, that was the example that I, I was giving. So the, the question that I wanted to ask regarding this is uh, do you believe that people, especially people here in America, are subscribing to the Jesus take the wheel theorem and what can we do about that if they are?
0: I mean, I mean, I think they do. Um, sorry if I was a bit, a bit distracted. I that was a hot that was the number one country song by Carrie Underwood, and I just felt the need to clear it to like point out, you <laughs> take away, number one country song like 15 years ago, and then we have like Old Town Road, and man, things change fast. Yes, <laughs> 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 think, man, time happens. And I just kept thinking, like, damn, that was a hot song by like a big artist, <laughs> right? Yeah. Wild, wow. um, but. Just, Just processes
1: mortality really quick, man. <laughs> man. 2005,
0: we were, we were people were going around like Jesus, take the wheel. Like what is happening? <laughs> um, so, but to answer your question, I think people do. Um, there's, there is like a, for, for, so to answer, so what you said earlier about religion being misused, right? one of the ways in which it can be misused is instead of empowering people to go live life in accordance to the values they've learned they are instead they get a sense of powerlessness where they feel like well i should turn everything over to like you said this higher power that Will take care of the problems for me. Now That is not for anyone who who has an experience with religion or who grew up in church. I, I grew up in going to church regularly myself. That's not what you're supposed to take away from it. You're not supposed to just say, hey, Jesus, hey, God. I can't do anything with it. You got all the power. How about you just take care of this for me? Um, but for some people, it does lead to that. Right. And that intersects with our politics in this, as you mentioned, Josh, really harmful way, because we start looking for for heroes we start looking for like all powerful you know again heroes to save us um we funnel that into our into our politicians we go well you know i can uh this person can take care of the issues this person can solve all of our problems i mean this is this is this is why you were supposed to have the separation one of the things they were trying to avoid in the with the first amendment was the idea that like the head of the church is also the head of the state because then you're you're focusing all of this energy into one person who you have deemed like a pseudo-religious figure to solve all your issues so uh some people do subscribe to that and, and i wish i could say it was it was just republicans or even just like evangelicals who subscribe to it but i think of disturbingly large number of people uh, have those feelings about their elected officials.
2: Yeah, that's the reason why I brought it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there was some of this energy around Obama. I, I mean- we Oh, for there. sure,
2: for sure. <laughs> I, I think we saw, I think you've seen it at least most recently and most fervently around Trump, but I think it's really been true for every politician or every president since like Kennedy.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, yes, I'm running it through in my head. And yeah, a lot of them had this same, had this, there was this same dynamic around them. Yeah.
1: I want to chime in real quick is that I think this is a prevalent issue, even if you take out the religious aspect of it, because it's, let's, let's put it in the context of like, um, of like, uh, the most recent BLM movements. There's not really a leader it's sort of just these it's disorganized groups going out and you know protesting and marching and all the stuff right um people mostly want that figurehead we're i think we're um sort of trained by movies and tv shows to want that hero to come up and like lead us to the new A new world's not a great phrase, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like we, we want that. And we sometimes, a lot of the time I feel like that doesn't happen. So we have to be the ones to do it, but that's hard. That's so hard. And so when you bring religion back into it, people will go, well, I can't do it. So Jesus, God, you go for it. You can do it. Right. You know? Um, and so I, as much as, as much as I don't want to believe it's true or as much of a, what's the bias where you think everyone believes the same thing as you, you know, the one I'm talking about, the logical fallacy, I think, um, as much as that likes to permeate my brain because I'm a deist and I don't believe God in, interacts at all in our lives. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people sort of have that, like. That line of logic where they want change, but they don't feel like they're capable, so they turn to God to be the change. Right. Um, also, Anthony, because you mentioned to uh, Carrie Underwood, it's like the two that it's from 2005, and then you said, We need a hero to save us 2002 Spider Nickelback song in Spider Man, where he goes, look, We need a hero to save us. Started playing in my
0: head. Look, and then you said hero, and I started thinking of Enrique Iglesias, like. <laughs> like oh god, god
1: what's man. happening we're old, <laughs> we're we, old. Just,
0: we just exist
1: <laughs> we exist to quote 2000s music yeah i mean <laughs> not why not else? Right? <laughs> no other isn't
2: that like the in, endless quotables is like a, a feature of pop culture uh <laughs> <of that. laughs> but yeah so that's Again, that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up because I I wholeheartedly think if this idea or at least people dissecting this idea is thrown around to the general public, they might recognize either if they are or if other people around them are doing this. And I, I do think it's harmful and I do think it's a problem. Uh, it's only one of the problems I wanted to highlight today. So I'm glad we we are all in agreement that the uh, Jesus Take the Wheel Theorem. I, I, I can't, I, I, th- I think this episode should be titled
0: Jesus Take the Wheel Theorem. I just <laughs>
2: want that, I want that to go farther than I could ever possibly take it.
0: Subtitled, <laughs> so the guys do pop culture covers for 40 minutes. <laughs> But um the second thing
2: I want to talk about is how how religion, while it's normally designed to be inclusive, has often been used to be exclusive and uh, how we have in most cases used it to silence, voices that we consider are others, and ways in which that is problematic uh, in terms of both thinking and, again, how it intersects with politics, because we know everything does. So one of the, again, speaking from a a commonly Christian lens, I know a lot of you will will either uh, understand where I'm coming from when I say this, uh, or other things along those lines. A lot of people believe that if you're not saved, you're going to hell. That's just how it is, period, point blank. And so if you don't believe It is their job to make you believe so they can, quote, save you. And in this vein of thought, people have naturally become distrustful and silencing of other people with different views because they are not, as they see it, correct. Because of this line of logic, we see this same thing happen especially in the world of politics. If someone disagrees with you about, I don't know, anything, abortion, immigration, anything, they're like, well, you're wrong. And because you're wrong, I refuse to accept anything about your general personhood. I feel like we're seeing this far too often in the realm of politics. And I think some of that comes from our general religious teachings that are also kind of not founded what do you think
0: um well so this gets into a more complicated like how religion intersects with politics right so because what you're describing is i think true because some of the ways one thing people carry into politics from religion is the ways that they talk about other people the way that they think about their community versus other communities, right? They, they carry in behavior patterns, um, right? Francine mentioned had tribalism, so they carry that into their politics. And at least for some people, the, the place they first learned that is in the church. Um, anyone who is anyone who grew up in church, to, to your point, Josh, and I don't know if you did as well, Nick, but they'll be familiar with. There is the our church versus other church, like even if that church is quite literally down the street. Yep. <laughs> you are literally neighbors. But there is also the tribalism within the church itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you would think. And, and so churches are really tribal. Like it was one of the things that drove me away. One, one of the things I picked up on when I was young. And that drove me away from becoming like a regular church goer. Once I sort of left, left my parents' house, uh, where I haven't regularly attended since then at, at all, is because, I mean, yeah, Nick says church gangs, but like church gangs are real.
2: Yeah, like they are or real. Like
0: Church clicks, That's church anything. Yes, yeah. yes. Christ says so That's Facts. Such a funny term. I, I was in the youth choir at, at at our church growing up, and yeah, there was like a real thing between the youth choir and the adult choir. Yep. It was a real thing that we saw like our directors had beef and our organ players have beef. And we're like, man, what? How? Hey, how?
2: Hey, we supposed to be worshiping Jesus.
0: Why? What that? <laughs> right. and, and you go like, then we just take this and then we
1: map it onto our politics. And it's like, Oh, I've seen this dynamic before. That's cool. I, ironically, <laughs> ironically. So I grew up Lutheran and we had a bunch of different pastors through while I was growing up, but the, one that was there the longest, the one that like confirmed me, I forget what the terminology is. I forget. In eighth grade, a confirmation. Yeah. Uh, the one who who had me go through confirmation, I think, recognized that this was a thing. And he said, All right, we're going to go to the Jewish synagogue down the street and you're going to learn to respect your neighbors.
0: I, I Oh, dude. Like, seriously. He, like, he,
1: I think he saw this coming a mile away and like, went, Not these kids. Uh-uh. No, like absolutely. Three or four uh, all at once. But yeah. So, yeah. but I, I want to add on to what you were saying there, Anthony, is that when I, I sometimes just scroll through TikTok and lately I've been getting a lot of like um, ex-religious millennials and Gen Z. And the whole reason that they have stopped being Christians at all is because they heard, they they paid too much attention in church. They got yep. all of the Jesus <laughs> teachings and then they looked at the community and went, you aren't acting like this. Correct. You aren't being friendly to your neighbor. You're not being kind to your to, to people, you're doing this weird tribalism thing, and that's not what Jesus told you to do. So we don't want to be involved with this church. We're out, right? Right. And 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 thinking through it, like people,
0: it's good that people recognize it because a lot of times people don't. I, I mean, people will look like at Muslims and they will go, "This sunni shii divide doesn't make any sense to us. Aren't you all Muslims?" And I go, "Have you literally gone to your church? <laughs> like, what are you?" <laughs> How do you like, not understand you? this dynamic? You literally grew up in it. <laughs> <mean, laughs> Baptists versus Catholics, bro. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't understand how two people who live together and worship the exact same thing also hate each other. Have you not? Do you not know Did what happened? Pay like Did have you? Pay <laughs> you, attention. <laughs> you no, know, do you know
1: nothing about the Irish history? Like, like say, I
0: don't
1: know. To kill each say, other. What? Saying, um, saying, like you're you're both Muslim or you're both Christian. Why don't you get along? Is like saying you both play World of Warcraft. Why do you hate each other? Yeah. Just because one of you is right. and one of you's Alliance. It's like really? that's right. the point.
0: Exactly, that's the point. And yeah, we see these dynamics. People grow up in these dynamics, and then they just carry them with them into everything else that they
1: do in life. That's nuts. Yeah, it um, is nuts. Can uh, Josh, real quick, can you phrase your question again? Well, uh, actually, my
2: my question was a bit open-ended. I was mostly uh, bringing up the idea that uh, politics, or not politics, uh, well, politics also, but religion has become very exclusionary, and that bleeds over into politics
1: Mm. or thoughts. That was effectively
2: my question.
1: Yeah. Oh, Then, yeah, I agree with everything Anthony said. (laughs) So... um, one
2: of the ways in which I wanted to because one of the things that I like to do whenever I bring up an issue like this is uh, try to at least come up with or at least spend some time thinking about a solution. And so with the time that we have, I want to discuss one of the things that I think could be a solution, not necessarily to both of these problems, but at least to move them in the right direction. So. One of the things that I think can change the way that a lot of people think about politics has changed the way that a lot of people uh, talk about religion, because often r- discussions around religion and politics in, in a way uh, leads to a larger divides and echo chambers. It's part of the reason why uh, people generally tend to avoid these kinds of discussions in public, because they generally lead to circular logic and uh, not very nice conversation. <laughs> um, and so, calling back to an episode we did a real long time ago, um, go ahead and go back into uh, the the depths of the uh, recap <laughs> minds here uh, to discuss how to have difficult conversations. I wanna I wanna call back to one of the things that I uh, specifically talked about, which was being able to listen without feeling attacked, being able to actively listen and be exposed to thoughts that aren't yours. I can't count the number of people that I've met in my life who've met me. And I'm a very non-traditional kind of person. Like I'm, I'm not the big black guy you mostly see when you meet big black guys. Like I, I'm very different than you would anticipate. And so seeing me on the street And hearing me in person are two very different experiences. And because of that, I've helped people understand that not everyone meets how you view them. Especially when I went to my traditionally white college, like I had a, I I opened a lot of hearts and minds to what, like the the depth of black consciousness, (laughs) like speaking, like not even just speaking in religious terms, like, I am a very multifaceted person. And so yeah, people who are kind of into sports can also be kind of into video games, people who are kind of into video games can also be kind of into art, people who are kind of into art can also really be kind of into sports, like there's a reason for anyone to be involved in several different things at once. And a lot of the ways that we think about things stem from tribalism. And like I said before, when I was really thinking about like where all of this comes from, all of my thoughts always, always, always went back to how I grew up in the church. And I thought it was really important to discuss how we learn these things and why. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think especially is already happening, especially in the, the group of uh, millennials and other people on those lines is that we are really challenging the ideologies we grew up with. And I think especially we need to do more of that, definitely need to do more of that. Um, We need to question why we think the way we do. And more importantly, we need to challenge why other people think the way they do as well. And I think that that will truly lead to different conversations in the church, which will hopefully bleed into different conversations around politics and other larger difficult
0: conversations to be had what do you guys think about that that as part of the solution i mean yeah i I mean see one of the things that i think makes i mean i think it's obviously like to your point i think that's obviously would be a part of the solution what makes it so difficult and this is something i i mean i think a lot about honestly is if church and religion could be practiced in its sort of more ideal form um or at least not so far, not so far fallen, is it, is it offers a lot of good, a lot of really, even to our religion, even to our politics. I mean, I, I mean, I said before, I think about the way that religion functioned, like the civil rights movement. And I think you can see how it functioned positively to unite people and call them to the, the better angels of their nature. By reminding them of like these really deep lessons they had been learning their whole life and that our politics had fallen out of step with those lessons. But the problem is that because religion is practiced by and led by people who are we're all flawed, it oftentimes it always falls short of its ideal, but it oftentimes falls horrifyingly short. I mean, however idealized it might want to be, you know, we can't ignore the various abuse scandals that have just ricocheted around like every church community in this country, like on earth. just like since its inception, honestly,
2: it's, it's been a problem literally forever.
0: And so we can't ignore the ways in which when it is done poorly, it is more harmful than like anything else could hope to be. And, Given the imperfect nature of the people who lead it, it is really difficult for me to imagine how it would regularly be a source of good in our politics. No matter what I might hope it would be, it's hard for me to imagine that 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 it won't. Like it'll occasionally peak like the civil rights movement, and then it'll descend down into the valley again and just like wreck lives for you know, decades on end. This is me speaking purely of, like I'm being like totally, you know, this is just being totally personal. Like, I struggle in my life. I struggle with guilt. And I do think some of that is because I grew up in the church. Like I struggle tremendously to like forgive myself of my problems, of my faults. And some of that is because like, yeah, I had probably, you know, I went to a Baptist church growing up and I went to like a Catholic high school, like four years of Catholic. (laughs) I'm like, that's great. The Catholics did it to
1: you. Right. Right. Like,
0: Like it's real. Like it's like, thank you guys. That was nice. Uh, yeah. I love feeling crushing guilt about things I did 20 years ago.
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Baptists very slowly, like they very nightly planted yeah. the seed, but it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, it could happen. Oh. And then the Catholics dumped radioactive waste on it. So it grew overnight.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. It was like,
0: that's thanks, thanks for that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think about like, well, could it ever rise above its problems and become a stable force for good? And if not, then what do we do with it?
1: <laughs> if uh josh uh, uh, just to reiterate you're you're saying that being sort of more open-minded is kind as of, part of the solution to um the religion politics issue
2: yes uh specifically okay. because of the fact that religion as of right now is being used in a very closed-minded way so yeah. being more open-minded and open to other thoughts and ideas uh is the the way in which we can start moving that day is closer to where
1: religion is uh, more positively beneficial. Okay. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that's that's a big part of the solution. I think another big part of the solution is um, not arguing to be right, but arguing to listen. Um, And I think with religion, a lot of the ways that you're taught is that God is good, God is right the end it's very it's very close minded but it's also very like um i i don't know the word it's just that's it that's end of discussion it's very, it's very end of de facto. discussion yeah de facto um and so when you learn that and then you go argue with people your arguments are from god who is De facto. So like, you're not going to be open to different points of view when you believe that you're honestly speaking the word of God. Like that's, I, and I can, I can fully understand that line of logic, no matter how flawed it may be. Uh, I talked to this guy in an airport one time. I don't remember where I was going. Um, I remember where he was going because I fucking hate that guy. But, but we. <laughs> we <laughs> we argued uh, or had a, had a, it was more of a discussion um, where we talked about religion. um, And he, I'm a deist by nature, which is like, well, not by nature. I I argued out of Lutheran towards deist and deist is basically, if there's a God, um, then they made the universe and then left it alone. No need to fix what's already made. If they're perfect, they made it, they're done. There's no need to do anything else. Um, And so he, I think was evangelical. And he sort of argued with me about like, well, if someone steals something, what are they? And it's like, all right, so you're leading me. They're a thief. Fine, whatever. And he goes, oh, well, and if someone kills someone, they a murderer. Sure. And he goes, and you think those people should be, should go to heaven? And I was like, why are we defined by one mistake that we do forever? What God would do that and why? And the whole reason I'm bringing this up is that it's just that very de facto, like, this is it. This is what I learned. This is what God said. So this has to be it. And it's like, there's so much you could unpack with that and break away from. And it also weirdly leads into this, like, this is a side belief that people have that doesn't get talked about enough, I feel like. And it's this sort of background idea that if you've had a good life, that means you're good and that you've been devout and that God loves you. And like that sort of ties in with that thing where like, oh, because God said this and my life's been good, that means God's loved me, that means I'm right. But it also implies that if God, that if you've had a bad life, that God doesn't love you. Yep. And that you're not devout enough, which is completely not true. And we, we
2: even see that, like, I, I want to take just that, that one tiny belief and apply it to the way in which it's most often used in politics. So we see people who are successful, right? People who are who are like rich and successful are like, yeah, they're, they're good. They know what they're doing. They have all their shit together and people who are homeless are bad, right? Yeah. Like literally and- just because they have a different lot in life, yeah their 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 situation could be in no way related to them. It could be something that someone else did to them, something that has impacted them in a way they couldn't have possibly responded to. And mm-hmm. simply because of the optics of their situation, it is believed that they are good or bad. Yeah. And you, and you see how that stems all the way back from how they're taught in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why di- this is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. D- directly yeah. believing that you're good because you love God is, it bleeds into so much. And I think it, yeah, like you said, Josh, bleeds into like treating people who have a bad hand shitty just because of something they can't control. And then it also bleeds into, I got distracted. It, yeah, <laughs> I got distracted, lost my train of thought. Um, that's all right, it's all right. But that that's, like I said, the, the, this kind
2: of intersection is something that I've seen and I, I feel like has not been talked about enough. And so I wanted to give thought to it, especially now when we're seeing how impactful some of these thoughts that we've, we've been grown up to believe, a lot of these thoughts that we are uh, already predisposed to can affect the ways in which we view our politicians, we view, uh, you know, our, our society, we view our community, we view other communities. All of these things kind of wrap up in this nice bow that people aren't talking about. And I just wanted to make it clear that there could be other things influencing you that you either aren't aware of or may not be thinking about. And I just wanted you, hopefully, if you're listening, uh, to think a little deeper about why you think the way you do and how you got there. Hopefully this helped you do that. This podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliak Productions, the studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, PointCast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, where you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcast articles, and polls like the one we covered today. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. We'll see you next time. Josh out.